0: yo what's going on everybody i'm b-ball jones that is nelson Y'all don't care to hear about us today we have a very special guest today this is a interesting uh guest to say the least you know uh nelson i'm gonna let you introduce who we have today for our guest
1: all right guys uh today we got a special guest for you as he said today we have someone from sort of from my neck of the woods so it's kind of more it's kind of special to me but this uh this guy he grew up in uh, Sumter County and was a if anybody from that area know Sumter County is big on basketball in Alabama so he's uh one of those Sumter County legends played at uh played uh, basketball all through his career high school career there and ended up going to University of Alabama and from there turned into a uh a great politician back in his home uh, county in Sumter County and is now the county commissioner there. So without further ado, man, we want to introduce to y'all Mr. Marcus Campbell. Hello. Hello. Marcus, how you you doing, doing, man?
2: I am doing well. How are you all? How's everything going? Good, man. Happy to be here. (laughs) Hey, well, I'm happy to be here as well, and I want to thank you all for having me on. I'm excited to be chatting it up with you all and looking forward to just – having a great conversation with Mr. Ball Jones and the one and
1: only Mr. Nelson <laughs> Man, Thank you, man. We appreciate your time and being here with us. Yes, sir. Thank you all. All right, so just to get us started, man, can you just tell the people a little bit about yourself, who you are and where you come from and what you do? Thank you so much,
2: Nelson. Again, my name is Marcus Campbell. I'm from Quitoba, Alabama, in the leader area in that community. Born and raised there. Uh, my parents, um, Mr. Alex and Dora Campbell, my mother's longtime educator, taught for 40 years in Sumter County, also in Marengo County, but uh, actually taught you all at my rival high school, Sumter County High. And I'm a Livingston High Cougar, but uh, nothing but love there. And uh, early education, John Essett where I was the ride-along guy with my mother because she was teaching school there. And after then, from John Essett to Thomas and Amelia Love for one year, then back over in Sumpter County, attended Livingston Junior High School because my mother started teaching at Sumpter County High School. After Livingston Junior High School, went on to Livingston High School, had a magnificent high school basketball career. Uh, my coach, the one and only, the Hall of Famer, Coach Nelson Hughes, he won a state championship class 4a in 1987 and on that one he retired because he had been there so many years probably 15 times but he had never won one after then uh chose to attend the university of alabama on a basketball scholarship coming out of high school heavily recruited over probably 45 50 division one schools uh, ended up being in the Super five in the state of alabama top 20 in the nation um uh, Via Conley basketball camp where over 400 guys from around the nation come, and I made the top 20 and uh, had several schools recruitment me, but decided between Alabama and Auburn and the other choice was to go to the University of Alabama. Won three SEC tournament championships at the University of Alabama. After the University of Alabama, was blessed to play professional basketball in Europe. One year in Methel Holland. One year in Chalon Sermon, France, and played six years in Belgium on the French and Flemish side. But unfortunately, uh, after that six year in Belgium, I had a career in the knee injury, tore my ACL and MCL, and that ended my career after three to four surgeries trying to get it back right. After then, went back to the University of Alabama, finished up my degree, and died. Educated for a year, you all. I did that for about a year and a half and found out that was something I really didn't want to do as being in the classroom because it's a different beast. But uh, after then, got into pharmaceutical sales, did that for six years with Novartis Pharmaceuticals. And on November the 10th, I was uh, sworn in as a Sumter County Commissioner. So I've been doing that, loving that. It is uh, a great, great career path as far as I love government. Most of all, I love serving, so I'm, I'm a servant for service, and uh, in that role as a county commissioner, been trying to do all that I can to help serve, not only some of the county, because right now I am the president of the Association of County Commissioners of the state of Alabama, all 67 counties, so just a little bring you up to speed right there, Nelson, and bball ball.
1: Man, it is- you got an extensive little resume there. That's cool. All right. Thank you all. Thank you all. <laughs> but uh, So we want to go back to young Marcus real quick. So um, tell us about a little bit how you got into basketball, first and foremost.
2: Well, you know, it is, it is ironic that um, you asked that question. Growing up, uh, many people now and a lot of the youngsters now don't know nothing about the dirt courts, you all. Where you get out of church and you didn't want to change clothes. You'd be out there in your three-piece suit and your shoes. You'd be playing, getting your suit all dusted and torn up, playing basketball. And and that was the thing, especially on Sundays when I used to go to my mother's church in a little community by the name of Fort Creek, where we used to just get out there and just play from time to time. We used to get out of church to dark, and still used to be out there. So I have several cousins that used to beat up on me growing up. And I uh, was in the seventh grade, and Mr. Levon Puckett, uh, God rest his soul, he uh, said, Why are you not playing basketball? And I said, My father do not want to let me play. I've asked him and asked him. My mother played basketball. I heard stories where she was a great basketball player in school at Sumter County Training School. So one night, Mr. Puckett called my father. He's like, why don't you let that boy play? They've been knowing each other all their lives. So finally, my father bought in and uh, I was able to play and uh, I'm so grateful to Mr. Puffy and Mr. George Hale. And I tell you this story, even before my father would let me play, my uncle, my uncle, Woodrow Campbell, who was a longtime educator and a retired uh, football coach at Marengo County High School in Dixon Mills, he took me to a game, and my father didn't know nothing about this. My coach at that time, Mr. George Hale, said, just get to the game. Just get to the game. And Mr. Hale let me play that night. So I had a great game, you all, probably about 28 points, 14 rebounds. And uh, my father didn't know anything about it, as I stated. So my uncle told my father and my mother that we were going to go with one of his good friends house coach cook that lives in new york house my best friend his son junior so he thought and they thought we were going over there but i'm at livingston junior high school playing basketball had practice of nothing just jumped into the game mr hell let me he get in the game and had a good game so then mr bucket called later so those Early years and having cousins that used to beat up on me all the time, my cousin Adolphus, Tyrone, Michael, and then with my cousin Charles Oakley who played 18 years in the NBA when he used to come home before he uh, got in college in the NBA because he used to spend the summer down in Sumter County County as well. So been around the game all my life, grew up loving the game, and uh, I tell you, the game has been very, very good to me, and I just love basketball.
0: Mm. Man, that is a... I don't want to say interesting. It's more than interesting because you do a lot out there. Uh, Around what age were you doing that? Because you say you dropped 28 and 14. So around what age was that?
2: Back then, I was in the seventh grade. So we're talking about probably around the age of 14, 14 years old. And um, back then... I tell you, it was more skill. And by me being, at that time, probably the tallest guy on the team, so your coaches were more focused on the inside game. Mm -hmm. So you didn't bring the ball down the court if you had a tall guy on the team and he didn't touch the ball before it went anywhere else or before a shot was shot on the outside. You always played the game inside out. And that's the way my coaches coming up in junior high and high school, Coach Hill, Coach Kenneth Threadgill, my high school coach, Coach Nelson R. Hughes, you better not take an outside shot unless you go inside, as they were said to the big guys on the inside. So they were like, you ride the horse on the inside first. And then those long range jumpers, uh, three points back then, hey, guys weren't shooting those. You had guys who could shoot them, but you always started your game inside out. And that's how it got going. And so ended up, Being a big guy, one of the tallest guys on the team, but there were some disadvantages, though, you all. Didn't really handle the ball, really didn't work on the left hand. My right hand is my dumbest hand. So one thing that kind of hurt me was when I got to college, okay, I'm playing against guys my size as far as height and even taller. I tell people this story, you all. The top of my head used to be at the top of Shaq numbers on his jersey. And so here I am playing power forward and center in the SEC. And there was a gentleman down at Florida during that time. He and I were the shortest power forwards in the SEC during that time. And so being a short guy compared to somebody like Shaq, Stanley Roberts, those guys who went on to play in the NBA, great SEC, greats, And uh, you had to use your quickness by me being an undersized power forward. But, um, uh, Again, at that early age, um, just had that love, that will, and that zeal, and wanted to
1: play basketball every chance I got. Man, that's crazy. That's, that's a roundabout way of getting on the team. So, but that's cool, though, man. I'm glad. I'm glad your father, you know, came around. <laughs> I tell you what, I have too, because I tell
2: you. Um, Basketball has done great things for me. It's given me a free education. As I stated after the injury, I was blessed enough to be able to go back to the University of Alabama, finished up my degree, and that's just a proud moment, uh, a milestone that especially my parents wanted me to achieve, and I'm glad about that. And and life goes on. You know, everybody won't get a chance to play in the NBA, but I was blessed to be able to go to Europe had eight great years in Europe and uh, had an opportunity to visit several countries, lived in three, and then probably have visited 15 to 18 for European cup games. So having that opportunity to come from Cortoba, Alabama, in something County, and to be walking down the Chandelier some days in Paris was just amazing. Being able to walk in the, Eiffel Tower, uh, the Arc Triumph is just so mind-boggling at that age. So basketball in Sunfield County, as you all stated from the top, and especially Nelson being from that area, knowing about that area, it's, it's just a great, great, great game that kids love to play. And I was fortunate enough to have great people around me from family, coaches, and individuals who push me. And I'm so glad about it, and especially, you know, being – coming from Livingston High School, then going on to the University of Alabama, then being able to play professionally in Europe. Mm. Man,
0: but
1: so, it's crazy. Oh sorry, go ahead, man.
0: Now, I was just interested in what made you choose Alabama because you said you had a lot of offers on the table. So why did you pick oh, Alabama?
2: <laughs> well, I tell you what, um, my parents and my high school coach, Alabama – University of Alabama is probably only about an hour and fifteen to twenty minutes max from my parents. And uh, my high school coach had two greats to go there and play many years before I did, probably about twelve years before I did. And that was Cliff Windham and Philip Lockett. Cliff is deceased now, but Philip uh still living and doing well in Birmingham, Alabama. And um uh, by University of Alabama being so close, they really encouraged me to attend school there. i tell you, the first time that I ever was on a plane, I was in 11th grade, and that was a recruiting visit to Auburn. And one of the presidential planes flew down to uh, Sawyer Field there in the right before you get to the right after one of the major industries there. And um, so the decision out of all of the schools that recruited me came down to Auburn and Alabama. And so the recruiting coaches from the University of Alabama, especially Coach Kevin Gray at that time, who was recruiting me heavily, he was saying, now think about how far Auburn is from your parents, how far from home. By car, we're talking about three and a half, four hours. And then the University of Alabama just right up the road. So, you know, they do what they do in recruiting to put all those things in your mind and talk the good game that they talk and recruiting. And so... But I am so glad because being close to the University of Alabama have enabled me to meet a lot of great people and now especially being in government and being so close to the university is just a major plus. So at the end of the day, whatever the decision was made,
1: it was God's will. So hey, road time. Roll <laughs> <laughs> time. Man, but you kinda of, you kinda of, uh, spoke on it a little bit before uh, but uh i kind of want to ask you You know i'm from that area in demopolis right right beside Santa county i'm in moringo county yes. in alabama but uh, you kind of spoke on it you know Santa county has like a rich history of basketball like and they go like for years like even back to when you were playing and like like even now it's still such a big thing there and you know For those who don't know, it 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 was once you know something something high school, something county high school, and Livingston High School, as you mentioned. But they uh, they recently not recently, but some years ago became something Central High School. So now there's only one high school in the county. And like even when they were two separate schools, both schools were good at basketball. And then now that they become one school, they're still good at basketball. And so I just kind of want to ask you, why do you think that is? Like, what is is it something like in the water or like what is it that's like breeding basketball players in Sumter County?
2: Rich in tradition and kids love the game. It's just a testament of one great athlete, God-given talent, kids loving the game, great coaches. You look back in the day, coaches before my time, coaches before my coach, Coach Hughes, Sumter County, Sumter County High School, great coach, Coach Johnny Patrick, uh, Hall of Famers. Uh, six state championships. And I tell you, now you have Coach Mitchell who's doing a great job there and just a rich basketball tradition. So many youngsters just loving the game, want to play basketball, but they are so talented. And anytime young kids want to build their own history, they hear the stories. They may not know all of the players from back in the day because their parents more than likely, went to school with some of these players or either they have brothers and sisters or either nephews or uncles or somebody older that went to school with some of these people that played back in the day. So I'm sure when they're sitting around um, in, on holidays, uh, not just on holidays, or whenever basketball season is about to tip off, they hear those old stories. They hear the stories about back in the day the Cougar rivalry with the Wildcats. They hear those stories that when other teams used to come to Livingston High School, they were just saying, okay, please don't beat us too bad tonight. When you, we used to walk into the gym before the A-team used to get ready to play, people used to say, okay, we know you all are going to blow them out tonight, so we want at least seven or eight dunks. And then the same story for Something County High School. I know when people used to walk down there, as they used to call it back in the day, the Cracker Jack box down at Sumter County High School, people weren't going to beat them in the same when they went on the road. So just great coaches um, using their talent the way that they're supposed to use it, and they push their guys to get the best out of them. And the guys were willing to run through a wall for the coaches, And, and that lives on today. So you give kids an opportunity to be the best that they can be, and That game of basketball, that object that weighs seven to nine pounds, they love it. So a rich basketball tradition in Sumter County. And, again, from the years where it all started back in the day, Sumter County High School there in York, and Livingston High School in Livingston, just great people. Coaches are in the Hall of Fame. And, again, I talked earlier about state championships. So you cannot beat that. And that's not just known in the state of Alabama, but it's – Known around the nation, so people appreciate that. Mm.
1: Man, but B, you, you don't know, but I've been on the wrong end of a lot <laughs> of them Sumter County losses. Like, <laughs> like yeah. they Demopolis is well before my all four of my years at Demopolis. Sumter County was in our area. We was both five all yeah. four of my years, and like. I'm a, i've been i've been out of high school four years and you know i've been doing pretty well for myself in college so i guess my confidence is a little a little higher than it was back then but i used to not tell nobody this but i've never been something central like <laughs> four years of high school basketball I played against them never beat them and like and it really was like a like a i don't know like some kind of power above them like like it was like a known thing it kind of like probably kind of how people probably felt about, like, the old Lakers, like, Magic Johnson and them, or, like, Larry Bird and the Celtics, like, when you you come in there, it's like, ah, we probably not going in. (laughs) There was a feeling like that, like, man, we got to play something central. And, you know, as a player, you know, you, you the one that's like, all right, you know, we got to get up for the challenge, but, like, it's still that feeling, like, man, like, coming, going there, it's like, we probably not going in. It's going to be a tough game.
2: (laughs) But, you know, Nelson and B-Ball, Jones, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same way now. And I know a lot of people come over to something County saying, okay, we just have to go play this game and mm-hmm. please don't beat us too bad. Mm-hmm. And that's just how the tradition runs. It was the same way back in the day, as I stated, um, when I was in high school, back in those rivalries, York and Livingston, that Tuesday night, we didn't care who we were playing. We didn't even care about that game. We just couldn't play, couldn't wait to play York. Either we were going down to York or either York was coming to Livingston. Back in my day, we used to play the game over at the University of West Alabama, which was Livingston University then. And we used to pack it out. it would be more people at our high school game than at the university games. Kyle Marshall wouldn't let no people in because that was the big counter-rival. And say, I say, I lost to something high one time in my career, Nelson, that one time. And I blew the game. I missed two free throws And I cried from that Friday night after the game to that Tuesday to we played Greensboro, I think, that Tuesday. And I went probably 18 for 18 on the free throw line that night. And one of my teammates, Vincent Jones, came up to me on the free throw line and said, why you didn't make them last Friday night? (laughs) I tell you, and that rivalry, I mean, I I heard, and I uh, sometimes mess with my buddies. Blakely, Darren Blakely, and Chris Spencer, Pastor Chris Spencer, great friends of mine. He's two of my best friends, and uh, and when they're talking, I, and I whenever I'm around the legendary Coach Johnny Patrick, I said, "Well, you only beat me one time in my career, so and I and I blew that game, so I take full responsibility <laughs> for that." And and it goes on today, as you stated, it was the same way back in the day. People didn't want to play some kind County of High School. People didn't want to play Livingston High School and i tell you the hardest thing for me in high school was practice i played with some horses i played with some guys who were just unbelievable i used to stop at half court some days and watch some guys that used to do some stuff that was unbelievable henry Wynn and edward bell them guys when i was in the ninth grade they were seniors, and I played. I was blessed to be able to play on the varsity in the ninth grade, and they would do some things, you all, be ball and Nelson, that I would just be like, whoa, this was some stuff you didn't see on TV. So that was a must-see practice, and uh, and it just evolved from there. So just, again, uh, basketball is king in something County, and everybody know that. And we have great athletes, and they're doing what they're doing each and every day to be better. So um, just a great basketball culture there.
0: So who, who are some of the people that you saw that came from that area and some of the guys that you played against?
2: i tell you what, uh, as, I, as I stated, I mentioned hearing Wynn and Elwood Bell when I was in ninth grade, two unbelievable athletes. And I was just in awe when I had an opportunity to play with them at Livingston High School. Charlie Jones, uh, Mar- uh, Marvin Whitfield, LeRon Houston, Tim Brown. Um, I played with two other big guys that were a year older than me. They used to call us a triple towers. Matthew May, Darren Mayo, unbelievable talent. Darren Mayo, during his time at Alabama State, uh, his senior year, he led the swack in scoring. Went on and uh, got invited to the Detroit Pistons camp. Ended up playing in Europe. Matthew, who's deceased now, just an unbelievable talent. Uh, lefter, left hander, he could handle the ball. He could go use his right hand as well, and of course, he was his dominant hand was his left hand. So many great guys that could play so well. My class: uh, Don Washington, Robert Red Jones, Vincent Jones, Emmanuel Desmond. So many great athletes. Uh, Tim Brown, who could jump over the gym with boots on. I mean, guys just could do it. And then you would go down to Sumter County High, a great friend, Darren Blakely, who could shoot the ball better than anybody I've seen in my life on all levels when I got to college and when I played professional mm-hmm. in Europe. But there was one guy at Sumter County High School, you all, that I tell you what, I used to hate the guy, Leon McCoy. This guy was a Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, all in one back in the day. And one night, my junior year, unfortunately, I had the task of guarding him. And you all, he scored on me about five, six times in a row. And my coach, Coach Hughes, was going off on them. Boy, guard him. Stop him. Stop him. And I hollered at Matthew, one of the big triple tiles that played with me i said matt on this next trip down the court you get him because i'm tired of him now and i'm gonna come over and help you so <laughs> but uh he was just an unbelievable talent and he was awesome so many great players that i played against in high school and college and professionally just um, again talking about the talent all the way around and you can go even further rc hatch a little small school A school unbelievable talent and you better not beat them down there. You better go ahead and get to your bus as quick as possible. If you, you got to get out of there. <laughs> you better get up out of there. But a lot of great talent there. I had the great opportunity to play against them. And um, and I tell you, besides something kind of high school, just on a high school level, and they, again, was a 1- or 2 A school, that was probably the toughest team, along with Greenberg, Greensburg, and Central. We played Central also in my high school career. And Central, we would lose to them in Tuscaloosa, but we would beat them down in Livingston. So, but other than that, my high school coach, my man, Coach Hughes, he would make it plain at the beginning of the year, even before we would take touch of basketball. He would say, okay, have a seat in the locker room. He would go to the board, and he would write on the board his goals for the upcoming season, 20-plus wins win your area tournament win your regional and win a state championship and then he would have at the bottom beat york he once said something county high school beat york so that was the encounter rivalry right there and so and he made it plain and that's what it's all about so i'm so appreciative to all of the coaches as i stated my physical air teacher great friend who's deceased now, Mr. LeVon Puff, who made that call for me to my father. Thank Mr. Hale, who's a minister now, Coach George Hale, let me come in and play, he used to take us home. A lot of people, uh, you have to appreciate a coach in all areas and all ways. Coach Threadgill, I mean, just just Coach Kenneth Threadgill, just, just great guys, Coach Hughes, and, and, and a lot of young people you all's age and guys who are younger now who might be tuned in, That's what the kids appreciate about Coach Mitchell, and that's what it's all about. A a coach is someone who, a young basketball player, not even just a a basketball player, a football player, an athlete, anybody. A coach is someone special to youngsters, and you have to appreciate that, especially in this day and time now, and that love has to flow in the manner that it needs to flow, and that's what it's all about, creating, and making sure that you set a great foundation for these young people to do what they're supposed to do in their life.
1: Man, that's facts. Coaching is definitely you got. I appreciate all my past coaches.
2: That's it. You're supposed to. I mean, hey, on um, birthdays, Father's Day, Christmas, um, I, I give them a call. I go by and see Coach Hughes. I call Coach Hill. Reach out to Coach Threadgill. That's what it's all about, you know. Because no one makes it on their own. No, you would never make it on your own. I don't care if you are Michael Jordan or you are Wayne Gretzky, you're Bo Jackson. Those guys didn't make it on their own. Uh, So it's all about you doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, President Obama, he he tells stories about people just pepping and paving the way and doing things that they needed to do and hear and see in their lives to progress into whatever profession that they're in. So I tell you, it's all about showing that appreciation to them and knowing that they help you get to where you are, but you're going to have to work hard. And I tell people uh, you're going to have to work smart at it. And that's the key to these days and times. Now, uh, as I mentioned early on in the podcast, uh, the dirt, you don't really see those dirt courts no more. You don't really see kids eager to just run out and play outside no more. And I tell you, we used to play so if it was grass, we would be playing on it before long, it would be dirt. We would beat the grass off of the dirt. And then you'd be that old wooden pole and the wooden backboard, and uh, and we would do what we would have to do. So uh, I'm just so appreciative of, a, of those whoopings I used to get in fourth creed on Sunday from all of my cousins. I mean, uh, I tell you, I grew by two or three inches one summer. And so I'm thinking, uh, I was getting ready to handle, manhandle one of my cousins, Adolphus, Adolphus Moss. He's deceased now and a longtime official for West central. And, uh, I tell you all Ball and Nelson. He, he, uh, put a WWF move on me. And, uh, <laughs> I I drove in the ground that day thinking I was going to manhandle him that day. But that was all about molding and shaping. And uh, I'm so appreciative of that because those whoopings that I used to get on Sunday and in practice, the game was the easiest thing when I got in high school. And uh, we used to just beat people down. And like I said, you come into the gym, people would say, okay, just give us eight dunks tonight because we know y'all going to blow them out. So that's what it was all about.
1: (laughs) But uh, you, you kind of, you mentioned some of the great talent you played with and against when you was in high school. And so you went to university of Alabama uh, and the time, like you also mentioned that uh, the big man is, is King right now, you know, and the game of basketball is all about playing inside out and having a dominant big man. So, so, talk about, can you tell us some of the guys that you played against at your time at the University of Alabama? Yes. Uh, any guys that went to the NBA, anything like that? Yes, well, I, I was fortunate enough to play with a lot of
2: greats uh, at the University of Alabama who went on to play in the NBA. Robert Horry, uh, who has uh, seven or eight NBA championships, Latrell Freewell, Keith Astor, David Benoit, Michael Ansley, James Hollywood Robinson. Um, just a few of the guys who I played with at the University of Alabama. Melvin Cheatham, Gary Waits, Bishop Brian Lancaster, Ernest Brown, Darby Ridge, Bill Devon, avin Lee, guys who could just um, get out there and flat out play basketball. And that's the thing, you all, B-ball and Nelson, when you're in high school, you know, you're a pretty decent basketball player, but once you step into the sec or into a division one arena you're just one of the guys and then there are guys who are better and you have to work at your game find out what are your weaknesses i mentioned to you all early on about i really couldn't handle the ball that well and so those are little things that you have to work on you have to identify okay if i want to be better i got to do this so Again, those guys. Uh, we used to sit around after practice some days and after study hall and joke before we went out. Uh, did things that young college guys do, especially. Uh, they used to call us the Bama Five guys because we were in Brown Hall, basketball and football in Brown Hall. So we were the Bama Five side. We created our own fraternity and everything. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just we used to have some wild good times. And uh, but we used to sit around and just talk about things in high school, what we used to do, and um, those guys would go to the wide, go to the rec, and I'd be like, man, I had to go feed cows, man. I had to go to the field, man. I had to do this and that Um, (laughs) things when I used to get out of school, but unfortunately, I'm I'm proud of that, and I appreciate that. Then on the visiting side, guys that I played, I mentioned Shaq, um, Stanley Robinson, Chris Jackson, Brunel Singleton, um, uh, Mm -hmm. Vernon Maxwell, Guys, um, so many guys, uh, Gerald Glass, uh, SEC was just loaded, the Kentucky crew, uh, uh, North Carolina. We played North uh, Carolina in a regular season game, non-conference game. So uh, back in the day, I remember one year we were in the NCAA tournament. It was the year that uh, Hank that Bo Kimball, and everybody in the world was rooting for them because uh, – Haycat died that year. So, so many talented guys had an opportunity to play with and play against. And some of the guys, uh, when I was in Europe, I played against one of my college teammates, uh, Marcus Webb, who played with the Boston Celtics. Um, played against him in France. Um, went on, to, um, he was an SEC performer. Uh, and like I said, uh, Played with the Boston Celtics and played against him in France. Uh, played against Brad Sellers in Europe. Uh, Michael Thompson, who played with the Lakers, played against him mm-hmm. in France. And so uh, just some great, great basketball players I've had an opportunity to visit, we'll play against. And I tell you, I'm blessed to have a cousin, as I mentioned, Charles Oakland, who played 18 years, one of the best defenders and rebounders as a big man the game has ever seen. So just a uh, an array of basketball players that I've had the opportunity to engage with and so grateful and glad and thankful about it.
0: Man, that's that's an impressive resume if we had to go against and play with. Um uh, I think the biggest name that you mentioned was Shaq. Yes. And Charles Oakley isn't too far from there. So can you give us a good story about playing against Shaq and what was Charles Oakley like growing up being your cousin? Because he has a perception right now in the media of how kind of, you know, how he is. So I wanna know from you being a family member, what was he like growing up and what is he actually like, you know, kind of off okay. the camera and behind the scenes.
2: Okay. I'll well, tell you, Shaq, um, as everybody knows, is this big kid. And mm-hmm. when we were in college, um, Shaq is um younger than I. And uh when LSU would be, or uh, any team that would come to Tuscaloosa, they would come do that shoot around, and they stayed across at the um, Capstone Hotel not far from the arena there, uh, the athletic facility. And check this big prankster, just a big kid, um, he would always come out the locker room, have a big old bag, uh, and uh, would duck his head as he'd be walking through the tunnel. And, and just an all-around great person. To, um, would high five you and going out and just just a person who really wanted to uh, say hey I'm just real and very humble being in the position that he's in. My cousin Charles Oakley, uh, Oak, I tell you, just a great guy. A lot of people give Oak the, the misconception, you know. Oak don't take no BS, and that's just who Oak is. He's stuck in his ways, and uh, he mean business. He mean business, and uh, and he has a book that's out now. You all, the last enforcer. And really he was the last enforcer. The game is different now. And he played the game rugged and rough. And, um, that's just who he is. But I tell you, um, uh, I'm glad and grateful that we are Ken because growing up, we used to have some battles. And, uh, I remember one day we were in Livingston and, uh, we ball Nelson know all about JC park in Livingston, Alabama. And, um, uh, it was during the time we was having a family reunion one summer, and so my cousins, we went to the park, Oak, my cousin Adolphus, Michael, Tyrone, and uh, we were there playing, and people started coming over, okay, because, you know, there's, there's some guys out there battling, beating each other up, and uh, and so I hooked Oak on the baseline, on the move, went in and dumped. Oak like, okay, hook me again. I'm gonna knock you to the ground. And so we start arguing and fussing and all of that and everything. And uh, but as the young folks said, nothing but love. But uh I tell you, just a great person. Um, and a lot of people um who might have this persona about him, but um just the best of the best. And uh most thing I love about him, he's real, He who he is, and that's what it's all about. Be authentic
1: with people, that's just who he is. Mm. Man, it's funny because, like, I <laughs> I actually kind of got a little Charles Oakley story. Like, because uh, at your uh, – so, for those who don't know, uh Marcus has a Marcus Campbell all-star basketball camp that he holds in Something County every year. And so, uh, I, I went – I remember I went – this is the first time I met you also at your camp. Mm-hmm. So, I, I went, and Charles Oakley is there. And I'm young at the time. I'm probably, like – 10, 11. So, like, I know who Charles Oakley is. Like, I know the name of Charles Oakley, but I ain't really know, like, the the magnitude of, like, who he was. Like, you know, the fact that he played in the NBA this amount of years and, like, played with Michael Jordan of all people and everything. So, you know, I'm not really thinking how big it is that he's here, like, really right. in Southern County in front of me. Right. But uh, I remember he's, like, helping out with the camp. You know, he's doing stuff with the kids. Like, he got his own station or whatever. Right. And um, not to toot my own horn or nothing, but I'm one of the better kids at the camp. <laughs> like, <laughs> like not to you know bragging myself, but that's just what it was. I was one of the better kids there. Right. So I remember, uh, I remember, uh, you know, we doing some kind of drill, some kind of layup drill. I remember, and he, uh, like you said, he just don't, he really just don't take no mess. He's a no nonsense kind of person. Right. And so I remember like guys kept on talking while he was trying to explain and stuff. And oh like and like I said, we like 10, 11. Oak said, All right, everybody on the ground, give me some push-ups right now. Yeah. Everybody all the kids, we all looked at each other like, You just say do push-ups. He was like, What y'all looking around for, man? Get on the ground, give me some push ups. <laughs> and so I'm looking, I'm like, you know, i I play basketball, I'm playing for like certain like I'm already I've already been on teams and stuff before, so I, I get on the ground, start doing it. And other folks, like, you know, other kids, you know how it is. Some kids was like, I'm not going to do no push-ups, this, this, and right. that. And so I got on the ground, started doing it. A couple more people started doing it. And, like, Oak looked at them, and I'm I steadily doing push-ups while they standing there. And right. he was like, he was like, oh, uh, so y'all y'all, y- 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 just not going to listen to instruction, man? And y'all y- want to play basketball and this, and this, and this? Like, he going off. <laughs> so not everybody on the ground. Everybody doing push-ups because he going off. <laughs> he's, he like, going off on them because they're not listening. And right. so it was just so funny to me because I'm like, man, like, he's taking this really serious. And, you know, like I said, I've been on the team, so I know what it's like to play for a coach and stuff, and he's chewing people out whatever. So I'm not right. really upset. But at the same time, the guys, like, the guys and girls that had never been on the team before and never really played for a coach, they're like, man, what is this? Why are you being so mean? Why are you so serious? This and this and this. And I was just looking like, I suggest y'all get on the ground and do some push-ups.
2: <laughs> well, 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 Nelson, you know, I, I'm so glad and grateful. That that's just a testament of how you was raised. And, and I know your mother well, and I appreciate all of the great work that she's doing, not only for Sumphe County, but all of the counties that, especially the Federation, Service. So uh, Mrs. Haskins is just awesome. And, and and as you stated, you know, and I, I know you're saying it heart-to-heart, because if he found out if you weren't doing what you supposed to do, there would be some serious consequences. So it's just mm-hmm. a testament how you were brought up, how you were raised, and um, and I appreciate you doing what he asked you to do. Because and that's the problem right now. So many kids feel that they know the game; they are already in the NBA; they are already a megastar, and don't want to put the work in. and Anytime you have a guy of that magnitude to come into a free basketball camp on top of that, and if you yeah. play basketball, go ahead and listen to him so you can pick up some things and take them home with you and better your game. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of, you know, intimate conversation about things. You know, I'm one. I didn't do everything I supposed to have done in college. You know, I, I um, had an opportunity to to – go and be in the gym some days, but sometimes I might want to go to the Simpson club that evening, you all. And, uh, mm-hmm. But just being a youngster, but I'm so grateful for what the game has done for me and it's going for me now because a lot of people say, okay, here's this tall guy, which I'm really not, and they start the conversation, you know, did you play basketball If they don't know. But Oak and I talk about stories where him and Jordan, even in the NBA, some of the guys that they played with um, didn't want to work hard all the time. And when they played in Chicago together, Oak would talk, he telling me stories about um, when it would be blizzards. Some days it would be him and Jordan, the only people would be at their rental. And uh, they would send them back home because the other guys would be complaining about they couldn't drive in the snow, couldn't get to practice. So no, no excuses. And uh, and that's just a testament of uh, how he was raised, how he was brought up, uh, you know, his mother and uh, our grandparents, uh, my mom, and his mom, are sisters, and uh, like I stated, my mom is a retired educator. And uh, hey, you better do it then, and, and that's it. No questions asked. You better not uh, respond in the wrong way. You better not respond at all. Just get it done and go on. No excuses. Just do what you're supposed to do. Otherwise, the shoe will be coming
1: at you. <laughs> 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 man, I and I kind of wish, like, looking back on it, you know, like I said, I didn't really know what was in front of me. So, like, looking back on it now, especially being, you know, uh, still, I'm still playing basketball, you know, and now I'm such a student of the game. Now, I, I really wish I could go back in time and, like, almost, like, really smack myself outside the air, like, man, ask this man some questions. Like, <laughs> you, you talk about playing basketball, this man, it was in the NBA, like. And it was a big at the time. What the big was, you know, the dominant the dominant force in the league. Like you, I should have been asking this man all types of questions. But you know, like I said, I just didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. So that's it.
2: That's it. Don't even worry about that. We keep moving, and uh, you just share that story and encourage young people. To ask what you're doing, and and this uh, platform that you and B Ball are doing now just is just so magnificent for not only. Uh, old guys like me, but especially for the young uh, social media gurus and the young people who want to hear things and hear stories. And and I know you all are sending out this positive, great information to them to show them and tell them that, hey, it takes hard work. You have to be smart about what you're doing. You have to make intelligent decisions. You have to make critical decisions that's going to help better you not only as a ball player, but as a person. So I uh, think End of the day, as you are well aware, well, Nelson, we have a life skill camp. And that camp has been going on for 20 years. And you talked about when you attended it. We talked a lot about life skills because everybody at the camp is going to go pro. But everybody may not go pro in sports, but you're going to go pro in life. So and that's what it's all about. You make sure that you be the professional human being that God has created you to be and do what you need to be doing each and every moment of your life and don't waste no time don't waste nobody else time you know, granted everybody that played basketball for the ones who love the game say yeah i want to go to the nba if they love the game but how many people love putting the work in how many people love getting up at 4 30 in the morning putting up a thousand shots running seven eight miles in the morning going back getting ready for <clears throat> school then and when they have a break, if you're in college in between class, go to the arena, go to the gym and put up another 500 shots. Go to class sweating. Then after class, you got to be back for film. You got to get ready for practice. Get there 30 minutes before practice, jump rope, put up another 500 shots. Then you got to go to the weight room. Then you have study hall. Then you have to go to dinner. So it's a job. It is a job. And, uh, and and even in doing all of that, some guys still don't make it to the end Some guys still don't get a chance to play in Europe. But, again, you have that opportunity to go pro in life. And that's what it's all about. So sports build character if you become a better person and have that work ethic that you need to have in order to be a professional person. But at the end of the day, it's all up to you. What do you want to do? Who do you want to be in this life? Because, again, don't worry about it if I didn't make it in the NBA. Because at the end of the day, you're still going to have to go pro in doing what you need to do in order to take care of your family, yourself, and to be the best human being, God-fearing human being that you can possibly be. It's all about being a servant. So if you are aiming to be a servant, want to be a servant, you're going to go pro in life.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's a good message to send out. Um, You know, a lot of kids have this misconception of them actually being able to go pro. But like you said, you can be a pro in anything else besides basketball, because the odds you make it in the basketball. I say you can't do it, but there are so many other options out there besides just basketball. And you're a testament to that. Yes, you did go pro, but right now you're in pro or something else completely left of basketball. So I'm curious as to what made you take that route to go into politics rather than, you know, stay inside the game in another way besides, you know, just playing. So what, what made you go that route? I'm just curious to know why. B-ball
2: and Nelson. I used to help my cousin campaign. I mentioned him earlier, Adolphus Moss, who was a longtime school board member in Sumter County. And I used to help my great friend, Pastor Chris Spencer, when he, Actually, used to be a county commissioner as well in Sumter County, so I used to go out with them campaigning, and just used to hang out and watch what they were doing, and and a lot of the people, of course, that they knew, I know them too, and uh, and so people started asking, especially after my basketball career was over, when are you going to run for something? When are you going to just get into the the politics and? I said, no, I'm, I'm not interested in that. And, uh, and I tell people all the time, you have to be serving before you put your name on a ballot because you have to understand if this is something you want to do, you really have to be looking out of the interests of others who you're caring for. And so one day my parents uh, asked me uh, who was their county commissioner. And that struck me. And so I looked into it and prayed about it, and the Lord said, run. And I got into it and uh, and been loving it ever since. It's challenging because looking outside, you find out <laughs> when you get in, there's a whole different dynamic. A lot of things you want to do, you just can't do them. And we are a makeup of six, so it takes four votes for anything to move, even in your own district, because it has to be an action item. So I said, "Okay, if I'm going to get in this, I'm going to do the very best that I can to help my citizens and all of Sumter County. And it's been rewarding. A lot of things uh, we've been able to do. And then a lot of things we do our best to try to get them done. It's challenging, though, because the fact we're in an area where there are a lot of resources that are needed. But uh, it's all about. Having a relationship with your state delegation, with your national delegation, talking to people about what you can do to better your area, talking to other county commissioners around the nation, not just in Alabama, asking them different questions and different ways to try to get industry, economic development, and then partners, making sure you have a good relationship with your municipalities. And I feel we have that in something County. Yes. We're not going to agree on everything, but that's just make the ball bounce better because we work at working out what we need to work out to get done what we need to get done. So I've been loving it and I truly want to grow in it. As I stated, I'm the president of the association of County commissioners and that's just for one year. So next month down in Perdido beach, when we have our annual association of County commissioners conference, our Vice president will come forth, president-elect, he will come forth because it's only a one-year term. But I've enjoyed it because you get an opportunity to to interact on a national level as well. So I just uh, encourage anybody to just do what you're supposed to do. If God has placed you in a position to serve others, just serve your best and serve well in the right way.
1: All right, can we uh pause for a second? The sun just went down on you, so you got a lamp or something? Yes, <laughs> I oh, okay. yeah, I see that. Thank you. I better do that. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna say I ain't wanted it to be too dark in here before it's <laughs> all right. There we go, much better. Okay. okay, thank you. No problem. All right, so uh, man, I, 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 I meant to say. I, I really want to tell you that, like, you know, I have a deep appreciation for the fact that you are back in your home county, uh, you know, doing what you're doing, working to make it a better place, you know. I find, I, I you know, I have a great appreciation for that. Because, you know, a lot of people, especially like in small places like where we're from, Kotopa and Demopolis, like, people like normally that grow up there, they said when they, you know, grow up, they had have, they have the, uh, yeah, they they fortunate enough to go to college or whatever. And they never come back. Like I'm never coming back. Here. Right, right. And so, and you know, I don't. I'm not blaming them for nothing because you know, you you kind of should get away from your hometown for a while. Right. But, um, uh, the like, you know, I, I I've never had that kind of mentality. Like I'm never coming back here. Like, yes. like I, you know, I just want to tell you, you, know that's big with me. That's not lost on me that you come back to your home county and try to make it a better place working, you know, being a servant to other people, as you mentioned, as so, all. I just, you know, in case ain't nobody told you, you know, even though I ain't from something County, I, I do appreciate it. And, you know, I think that's great that that you decided to do that. Well, thank you so very much. I, I
2: appreciate that. And that's rewarding because I know it's authentic. And I appreciate you saying that, Nelson. And I tell you, growing up, um, I wanted to experience the world and see different things, uh, Back in the day, growing up, um, the road was a dirt road growing mm-hmm. up. When I went to college, it was a dirt road. And uh, my first year in Europe, it was a dirt road. And uh, having that experience to, as I stated, to go to these countries and see some beautiful c- cities, uh, I, especially when I used to go to Paris, I'd be like, oh, I'm from Toba, Alabama. Where there are dirt roads, and uh, here I am walking down one of the most famous streets in the world, and uh, the Champs and um, and I can look over there and see the Eiffel Tower. I can look over there and uh, just see the Arc de And uh, in Amsterdam, in Holland, in Belgium, in Brussels, and uh, you know, it's it's a funny story I like to tell when I was in college, and uh, my senior year and the trails freewell and i we uh, had a dutch class together and it was an 8 a.m class so and breakfast was mandatory uh, for us at the university of alabama basketball and football at, in brown hall so if you didn't go to breakfast it was going to be some serious consequences so uh, we were walking in class across the quad one day and so it's early in the morning. I mean, there was a class where they took roll every day. So they wasn't no missing that class. And um, we were walking and we just looked at each other like, man, where are we going to this Dutch class? And lo and behold, my first job is in Holland. And so <laughs> every everybody, everybody there in Holland spoke English and uh because it was just beautiful um, uh, most of the kids there could speak four or five different languages and but i said lord have mercy it's amazing how god can give you opportunities and it's up to you to take advantage of them and i didn't want to take that dutch class seriously but i tell you what lo and behold my first job is in melville holland where they speak dutch so I just reflected back on that, and, and it always goes and shows you to never, never uh, take lightly no one and no opportunity because that was just something amazing for that to be happening in that manner.
1: That is crazy. Mm.
0: <laughs> so but. what was that overseas experience like? Because um, I know back in the day is it's probably totally different from how it is now. So what was that experience like? Back in the day, and how close were you? How close were you to get into the NBA?
2: Well, I tell you, uh, it, it was it was a different, it was a cultural shock uh, because um, one, as a young kid, loving basketball, uh, having a, a great high school career, uh, didn't have the best college career, but uh, ended up uh, played with some great guys and uh, three SEC championships, and then the opportunity came available for me to be able to play professionally and playing over in Europe, I uh, tell you, it, it was amazing. Met a lot of great people, played, had some great teammates in every country. And back during that time, each team could only have two Americans or if you had naturalized players. And by that, they had to be, have played in that country back during my time Uh, five years, or either they married a countrywoman, they would automatically get their citizenship from that country. So I uh, had the great opportunity to be in Belgium for those six years, and so after that fifth year, that's when that team applied for my citizenship. And unfortunately, I got hurt, told my ACL, and uh, that didn't work out. But that summer prior, my cousin had told me to send a tape to his agent. And uh, I got the tape prepared and uh, one of my better games um, that past season in Europe. And one of the scouts was going to come over and check me out in a European Cup game. But unfortunately, uh, life happens. And um, so I'm just grateful for the opportunity to have – visited so many different countries uh, doing what i love to do playing basketball and just seizing the moment and i did everything trying to get my knee back through extensive therapy uh, it was a two-in-one procedure with the acl where they did the a tenant procedure and graft the leg on the side but the knee just didn't respond i appreciate professor Martin's, uh, a surgeon And Antwerpen, who operate on all of the big soccer players, because soccer is the number one sport in Europe, as far as how that goes. And back during that time, we were talking about early, early 90s. um, Back into 99, uh, my knee just didn't respond, unfortunately. And prior, um, before the end of the career, when we saw that everything was going to be over, my team let me flew back and went to South, saw Dr. Andrews, and they said the surgery, from what they could tell, looked good. But unfortunately, just in case where the knee just didn't want to respond. And uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, you just have to trust God. You have to trust God. And um, you just go on and uh, you do what you have to do and uh, you build on that. So I'm grateful for the opportunity. And I tell people, there were guys who were all SEC performers who didn't get a chance to play on the next level. And that's a young kid's dream. Anytime a young kid who have a great high school career and fortunate enough to get recruited by many schools and, and if you love the game, if you put the work in, of course you want to go to the highest level, which is the NBA. That's just given in you if you love and care about the game. So it was um, different during that time. I hear stories now how it is different where you don't have to wait five years to get that uh, passport, that European passport. I think it's three years if I'm correct now. And also um whereas the guys marry a lady from that country, they are automatically uh in that dual citizenship. So but uh from that time to now I, I, I even heard the stories were different during my good friend's Irwin Dudley time. Uh Urban was blessed um, to play over in Europe for a long extended time uh, after he left the University of Alabama. He a guy who was a SEC player of the year and um, went over in Europe and played and had a great time. And uh, so just great talent all the way around. So he expressed and told stories of doing his time. And then I hear from young guys now who are over there playing. So. Basketball is basketball and uh I know the ultimate goal for any basketball player who loves the game is to play in the NBA but you have to seize the moment where you are at right then and do your very best at all times.
0: So how did you respond when you first got the news that you know your knee wouldn't respond how you wanted it to cuz you know you did all this work to get overseas and you know you had the surgery so like what was your first reaction to it and how did you kind of like um process everything moving forward after that
2: it was tough it was tough i was devastated it was a blow i was hurt and anytime you love doing something it hurts if you love it and i didn't know how to react i was torn inside out because this was something i had all my life wanted to do play basketball as a little kid. Once I had an opportunity to play basketball, I said I wanted to play in the NBA. And when that happened, uh, I felt like life was just closing in. And I tell you, I, I was just lost. I, I, I was at a point at a bad state, uh, really didn't want to live because I couldn't play basketball. But uh, I thank God for a great family. Um, great friends, and uh, they encouraged me that uh, at the end of the day, you weren't going to be able to play basketball all your life anyway. And uh, one of my loving church members, uh, Mrs. Eunice Norwood, um, she came to me one day and she wrote down Romans 8 and 28. And uh, <laughs> paraphrasing though, hey, Those things happen and uh, God loved those people. You know, even when things don't go the way that we think, we always have to just trust in God. And um, so gradually I started feeling better. It was as uh, Coach Nick Saban would say, it was a process (laughs) because this was something I had been doing all my life. And I didn't want to let it go. I didn't want to let it go. Because I know I had put in the work. I put in the work rehabbing. I'm like, Lord, what is going on? But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, as time heals, and as the sin goes, time heals everything and all works together for the good of them that love the Lord, as what Ms. Norwood gave me that scripture, um, you have to move on. And you can't just mope, but everybody have a time process. So that's why when I see young people or see anybody going through an injury, you encourage them and let them work through it because mine might have not been the same length for someone else. And I remember back when I was playing over in Europe, I remember guys who got hurt, uh, torn Achilles, uh, knee problems, uh, uh, broke broken an arm. And I would tell them, okay, you're going to be fine. Everything will be all right. But until it happens to you, that's a different ball game. So for me, I had to grow out of it, and I thank God for bringing me out of it. And I tell you, sometimes now it's it's difficult to watch a basketball game because those flashes will come there, and and the mind will say or will try to say, what if, but you have to go Mm -hmm. on. So for anybody that loves the game and care about the game and if their career ended on on an injury, and if they say they don't miss it um, it's hard to believe that they don't and that's just part of it uh, and i at 53 years old yes i still miss playing basketball but uh life goes on and but it was tough it really was tough but i thank god for bringing me over and moving on to other things as i go further
1: in my professional career Man, that's man, that's a, that's I, I'm glad you know that you was able to share that with us because you know we we recently had an episode similar to like on that subject of, you know of, of a player getting injured we recently had an episode come out about uh you know so to give him opportunity to tell his story and you know we we always like to share little things like that like on like this platform of like you know especially on mental health and things of that nature. Like you know, it's big with us, especially on the athlete side of
2: it. great, great, and, and you never know who might be listening in and watching in, and, and that can exactly. help, and and that can help. And but the main thing is you can get through it, and but make sure you, you are around positive people, and make sure that that support group is positive. And again, I'm just so grateful for my parents and family and great friends who encouraged me. And church moments, and special like Ms. Norwood, giving me that scripture, again, Romans 8 and 28. You know, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. And I'm just so appreciative of that. And uh, granted, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you all be bald nothing that it was easy, because it wasn't. And uh, because I love the game. I love playing the game. And... Uh, and, and it was at a point where I uh, was looking at going further in the game. But again, uh, life goes on. And you have to just lace them up and keep on going. And uh, right now, I'm uh, still a professional and thanking God for that.
0: Hmm.
1: But um, I'm personally out of questions. Uh, I'm sure B got I got a couple more for you. So be is on you.
0: Yeah, so uh these are two questions that I ask or try to ask every guest that we have. Come on. Uh, I'm interested to hear the first one from you, especially because you come from a certain, you know, history of where you come from. You talked about the great coaches and everything. So uh can you tell me a lesson that you learned from the game? Or like you know how we all had that coach that sit us down during practice, we have one of those, you know, life talks or whatever. Uh so yeah. can you give us a lesson that you learned from the game that you take? from basketball and using in life now or something that you learned about yourself throughout this process and through the game that, you know, uh, mean a lot more to you outside of the game. Details, details. My high school coach, Coach Hughes,
2: as I mentioned, as before we even would bounce the ball, how we would be in the locker room and he would put up on the board, the goals for the season. And in life, you're going to have to have goals. You're going to have to be detail oriented. Anytime you set forth to accomplish and achieve any type of things you want, you're going to have to have a plan. And so not only Coach Hughes, but Coach Hale, Coach Threadgill, my college coaches, professional coaches, they always believe the details. And that's what it's all about. You have to be strategically planning on your moves, and you already have to be three, four, five moves already down the road in order to get done what you're supposed to do. Granted it is in God's time and it's always God's will if it will be but just taken from them especially my junior high coaches as I mentioned Mr. Puckett who was my physical ed- education and really got the ball bouncing with that phone call to my father coach George Hill who's a minister now minister Hill who was a servant and just showing young people love, taking young guys home and telling me just get to the game. And my family members, like my uncle Woodrow Campbell, who was my hero, who was a former football coach, but been around athletics all his life, just doing what you're supposed to do when you have the opportunity to do it. Seizing the moment, that's what's so important. If you just put God first, do what you're supposed to do, work hard, stay humble and believe in what you're doing. Great things will happen for you. So details, knowing how to get from A to Z and working there and doing what you're supposed to do and just having a positive mindset and being around positive people, knowing how to adapt and adjust when negative come your way negativity come your way, knowing how to go over and go through it because you know where you want to be. And, again, if it's God's will, it will
0: happen. Mm. Yeah. When you said details, I automatically thought of John Wooden. I don't know why. But uh did you have an opportunity to go against him? Or did you have opportunity, opportunity to meet him?
2: No, uh, Coach John Wooden or UCLA. Yes, uh, no, sir. I, I've never had the opportunity. I never had the opportunity to meet him, and uh, but just a great motivator. Um, just have read some of his quotes, listened to um, some of his former players, just talk about how he used to motivate them, and that's what it's all about. And how he was just a father of the game, and most of all, a, a father of helping mold and shape young men to being professional men and that's what it's all about at the end of the day Uh, how are you helping these youngsters be productive citizens in a global environment that's 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 the end game that's the winning game that's how you win when you're making sure you have laid a path to help youngsters who are coming along to be the very best that they can be and be productive citizens because we're in a time now where kids uh, have a lot of great opportunities, and they have this platform. Hey, it wasn't no platform back when I was in junior high – podcast, excuse me, when I was in junior high. Uh, It it wasn't nothing going on like this now for a 16, 15, 14-year-old to sit up and watch B-Ball Jones and Nelson Hacks. There wasn't none of that going on back when I was in junior high and high school. So the thing about it is that you make sure – that you can always learn something from somebody. Find out what you can do to be better. And most of all, be motivated about doing what you're supposed to do. A lot of kids have gotten away from the old traits. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. And a lot of people uh, will let that go on. No, you don't do that. You respect your elders. you talk right and act right and do what you're supposed to do. and. Uh, and a lot of youngsters have stopped raising kids the way that they were raised, saying that they don't want to raise their children the way. It worked for them. Why not raise them that way? So you heard Nelson talk about the fact that uh, he was one of the better kids. And so he he is, at his young age, during that time, identifying with his environment. So kids need to identify that at the end of the day, the cool thing is to make all ages. The cool thing is to Have your pants and your belt on and have them up the way where you don't have to hold one hand up holding your pants and then one hand doing something else. Be cool, young ladies, with making sure what's covered up need to be covered up. My mom always taught me about the ABCs. She always talked to me about books and basketball. And I tell you, she said no matter how old you get, if you live to be 101 years old, you still will need your ABCs. I encourage all of the youngsters that are listening in and watching on you all's podcast to just do what you're supposed to do. Get your ABCs, check your attitude, believe in yourself, be committed, be dedicated to whatever you're going to do. But be your best. Be a God-fearing human being first and always remain in a youngster's place. Again, if your parents are, are telling you to do this, there's a reason they're telling you to do this. And you answer the right way. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am yes sir, no sir. This be about God's business and God will open up some great doors in your life for
0: you. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, for my final question to pose to you, um, I'm very big on giving people the flowers, you know, that because almost everybody feels a little underappreciated. They don't get the love they, you know, feel like they deserve sometimes, so I like to give people opportunity to receive their flowers. So here's an opportunity for you to get someone their flowers now. So who is someone that you feel is a little underappreciated? They deserve a little more love and respect and attention for what they're doing. It can be uh, a coach that you had growing up or a coach that you know now, a player, anybody in and around the game or somebody that you see deserves a little bit more respect and a little, a little bit more love for what they've been doing.
2: Well, you know, I, I thank you for asking that question and, and, I can never thank enough, my family, especially my parents, my uncle, for the time and the sacrifices that they made for me and my pastors, former pastors, um, who put in that time and just the love that they gave to me. My coaches, uh, I tell you, um, Coach Greg Gill, Coach Hale, Mr. Puckett, who has transitioned on now, and Coach Hughes, um, recruiting coaches who recruited me, Coach Gray, Coach Samuels, all my coaches in Europe, my agent, Young Lutherberg, who, who, who took a chance on me, a guy who didn't have the best college career, but uh, told me, here's an opportunity, and if you prove yourself, this is what could happen, and I thank him for that. And... Um, You have to say that over and over again, B-Ball and Nelson, because they are people who are in the background at times. You might see them on the sideline. You see the parents or know the parents, but no one really knows the sacrifices that a parent goes through when they're doing what they're doing for their children. And I am just so grateful and thankful. I mean, I have... A mother who was an educator, taught school for 40 years. father who was an instruction worker and farmer who had to stop work to take care of his mother when uh, she fell and broke her hip one day and didn't want to put his mother in the nursing home but made the sacrifices to take care of her, Uh, my mom and father. uncle who uh, the days uh, teach school in Marengo and to make the sacrifice to take me to the different basketballs event, not just that particular one time, but used to drive me to the University of Alabama for different things and other places when I was getting recruited. So uh, it's just a heartfelt thank you to all of those people. I mentioned about pastors, uh, Pastor Terry Gosa came to my church when I was 13 years young and uh, asked me one day said, boy, you play basketball i told him come see (laughs) and uh (laughs) he didn't do that so but just uh, a great friend to date and uh and i appreciate him and and i tell people you don't know who you might be touching you might be the only bible that somebody might read and that was said to me by a good friend mr frederick hines he he said that to me one day that i might be the only bible that somebody might read and so i make sure I'm doing my best to do my best because I want not only young people, but all people to succeed. And so anytime you have an opportunity, and again, B-Ball, I, I thank you for asking that question. So I'm so appreciative to all of the people from grade, yes, pre-K coming into this world, from my parents, for, And thanking God, most of all, for putting them together and they joined together in love and matrimony. They waited six years in marriage before they had me. And I tell you, Mm -hmm. that's a long time before you have your first child, being married six years. Mm -hmm. And um, all of my teachers, I had unbelievable, authentic teachers who did not play. And I appreciate them for putting in that time with me. So... Just people who have helped you in your life, you have to tell them regularly thank you. And B-Ball, I can't say it enough. Thank you for asking that question. So from family, friends, coaches, pastors, teachers, and and colleagues today, I'm grateful and thankful for colleagues today, guys that I played with. And I mentioned my agent, Young Lutherburg. So it's an array and so much gratitude is out there because life continue on and you have to continue to strive to be better each and every moment. So it's all about giving it your all and showing appreciation. And most of all, putting God first. If you don't put God first and in and everything you do, you won't be successful. So again, if it's his will and you let him lead God and direct you, he'll take you to some places that you can't even imagine. So... We have a magnificent God and nothing like him. So I'm just grateful and I just thank you all for what you all are doing. It's encouraging to see young men doing great things as you all are doing. And I appreciate you all so much for thinking of me to invite me on. And I'm so grateful to you all. Thanks so much.
0: Ah uh, man, I I appreciate it a lot for you taking time to come on because uh I say this to every guest and I, I truly mean every time it really means a lot when people take the time to come on for the podcast. Cause you know, you you're busy with everything you're doing. You don't have to take the time out to come just talk to some random guy and you know, you know, Nelson, but you don't really know me. So for people to take the time out to come to you know something I'm trying to build and working on, like it really means a lot for people to take the time to, you know, speak for however long we do this podcast. So it truly means a lot for you to come on and, speak to us and speak to the artists that we have. So I truly appreciate you coming on.
2: Well, thank you. And again, I can't say it enough. You know, people all seem like we've been knowing each other for such a long time. Since the time I first met Nelson, you know, and and that's what it's all about. And uh, and again, I have to say, what you all are doing is just magnificent. And please keep on, keep on doing it. And I'm hoping that uh, this will just grow into and be spread out all around the world, which I know it is, and just um you all are just reach the goals and have all of the great success that your hearts and minds desire. In Jesus' name, please just uh, speak that over you all.
0: Man, man, you.
1: man I appreciate that, man. <laughs> that means a lot, man. I, I just uh, I'll put that like Mr. Campbell to care, but Martin, that means so much to us. <laughs>
2: Thank you all. Thank you all. Uh,
1: but, uh, man, that, I guess that does it for another episode of the Beavall Jones Podcast, man. Once again, we want to thank Mr. Marcus Campbell for taking the time out to come and join us for, uh, and, and chatting it up with us once again. We appreciate your time. And, uh, but, uh, we hope y'all enjoyed it. We hope y'all got something out of it. I know I did. We hope you enjoyed listening to, uh, Marcus's story. But, um, uh, without further ado man be sure to follow uh before that be sure to like and subscribe on the video and uh uh be sure to share with a friend you know so, so share this with somebody who can get something out of the message that he shared today and uh you know be sure to comment if you have any other questions that we might not have asked mark and you can leave it in the comments and you know i i, I get it so i'll make sure that you see <laughs> i
2: appreciate that nelson Thank
1: you, Brian. <laughs> but uh, be sure to follow Brian on all social medias at Be Ball Jones. That's B E Ball Jones on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and on TikTok. So be sure to follow him up over there. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at h 34 and at Nelson on IG. And you can find me at my name on Facebook. And uh, we spoke beforehand. Mr. Marcus doesn't have any social media that he want to share with y'all, man. But <laughs> if y'all want to, y'all want to send some donations to the Sunday County Commissioners' office, y'all send it down there. <laughs> 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 better, better be your subscription, dude. Social media. <laughs> but, appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Hey, I, I'm here to help. <laughs> but uh, without further ado, man, we appreciate y'all listening to another one sure to like and subscribe and share with your friends. And be sure to tune in next week for another great episode. It might be another interview or it might just be me and Bo here chatting it up again. So you got you got to tune in to find out. But uh, once again, man, thank y'all for listening, and we
2: out.